0: have been bothering me um, the whole day pretty much. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I got you your link. So you, I don't think there's a reason for you to be mad anymore. Because I said you would start at 7 and 720 right now. So as always, I'm the late one. But you got your link. So I don't know what else you'd be upset right now about. Tell me how you really feel about it every Man, oh man, coming at me with fire. I mean, you, you, you did throw me that that, that gif that you wanted me to call you on, but I, I subtly ignored it because you uh, don't want to give into give it, it.
1: I get it. You're the professional. I'm the amateur. You know, I understand where where how this works. It's, I'm just – I'm excited. It's world baseball classic time. Um, let's go. Let's get some real baseball. Nothing against spring training. You know, it's nice to have the boys back out on the field pitching, catching, actually getting some real action and everything. But uh, it's still springer's training at the end of the day. The results in terms of scores, who wins and losses, don't really matter um, because it's all just getting ready for the regular season. But that is not the case with World Baseball Classic. These games count. These players are playing not only to succeed, but also to show off for their country and give their country some bragging rights until the next WBC comes around. So I am excited for it. We have real games getting ready to start. They're coming up next week, and I'm sorry, I'm just excited for the World Baseball Classic.
0: Yeah. World Baseball Classic is almost a full swing. March 8th is when things will kick off, and you know what? Spring training, Anthony Bope is hitting 364 right now, so I'm looking at my future shortstop, who also played second base today, okay. and he hit his first bomb of spring training, just to give a shout-out to Anthony. So, big milestone Anthony Bopey, first home run and Really, just the major is not really regular season, obviously. But he, that curveball was hanging a bit too far off the plate for him not to hit it. So there you go, Anthony Volpe, and yeah, back to WBC, World Baseball Classic. How about that, guys? March eighth. Get your things ready. Get prepared for the big stage. The big stage is set. We're gonna go through the format, and really, it's packed. We got a packed month coming up ahead, obviously, with March Madness. That's going to take a toll, and, you know, it's going to be fun. I'm going to have to set up a split screen here between the World Baseball Classic and and March Madness because, I mean, listen, I can't miss out on both of them, so you might as well just join the two at the same time. So, you know, Chris, let's get into this right away. So we got four pools this year, Pool A, B, C, and D. A and B consist of a pull A is Chinese, Taipei, Netherlands, Cuba, Italy, and Panama. Pull B is probably not the strongest pool out of all four of them Japan, Korea, Australia, China, and Czech. And pull C and pull D, probably the most, probably the strongest groups in this year's. Format and I mean this not just the format, just they have the best rosters this year. You pull C is USA, Mexico, Colombia, Canada, and Great Britain. Not sure about Great Britain. I don't think they bring much, but there's other four. They've got nice lineups to bring and will compete. And pull D, we got Puerto Rico, Venezuela, and the Dominican Republic, the big three, who usually are in competition with the US. Those are kind of their biggest competitors. And Israel. And Nicaragua, sorry about that,
1: um Chris, what's your favorite? I mean, you're throwing shade around everywhere, like just excited for your boy Volpe, and then just you know this brack, this pool's good, this one's not so good. These teams aren't good. I mean, I'm jumpy let's let's, let's let's be fair. Great Britain, the Czech Republic, and nicaragua Nicaragua are first time participants in this, so yeah, I mean. Not a lot of people are going to expect them to be good or anything, but let's, you know, let's be nice to them in their first appearance in here before we start throwing them on the bus. Fine. The reality is, I'll give them some credit. The reality is they're probably the uh, like sacrificial lamb in their, in their groups. Like they're probably going to be themes that get run over by everybody. And by the US. I mean, yeah. And especially when you look at group D with Puerto Rico, Venezuela, Dominican Republic, and then you have israel and nicaragua i feel bad for israel and nicaragua i mean those guys have to go against three pretty potent clubs in in countries and in, in lineups and like I, I just don't i feel bad for them like i think they're going to get destroyed in those games they might keep some of them close but i think you know the dominican is going to just steamroll through their pool um looking at pool c I think the, the top favorites in that right now, probably USA, Mexico. Then after that, maybe, maybe Canada, you know? So it's just, it's not, pool C is good, but it's, I don't think it's anywhere on the same level as pool D. I think pool D is the toughest of the bunch. Pool A is nice. Pool B is nice. I I think, you know, they've got some competitive teams in there as well, you know, so it'll be fun to watch them for sure. But, um, you know, it's it's a fun it's a fun tournament. You know, you start out with twenty teams. After that, you get two teams from each pool that will advance to uh, the quarterfinals, and you know, so you go from twenty teams down to eight, then you'll get down to four uh, for the semis, and then two for the championship. So that will be exciting to see what teams can come out of it. Because the way it breaks down is, the teams that have the best record in their respective pools are the ones that are going to advance, and each team plays one of the other four teams only one time so you shouldn't have too many opportunities for teams to be you know really close to each other there should be some separation in there in terms of the best best teams in there or at least the the top team that's coming out of there maybe for the team that's fighting for this to be the second bid out of there you might have some closer competition but there should be a clear cut hey this is the first team coming out and then there's a drop off right there, but I'm excited for this, you know, for fall, I guess, what are, what are your thoughts on on how these brackets came out? Well, so
0: I'm kind of just adding what you said. So this is a fun stat right here. So well, just adding what you said about each team plays one of the teams in their pool, at least once. And so that's four games in the pool. And as you said, whoever has the best record coming out does, Move on to the quarterfinals, and uh, actually, this is this is a fun stat. Let me just let me just throw it out of here. So, if there is a massive tie between three or more teams, teams are ranked using this tiebreaker. There's there's pretty much those are criteria until the tie tie is broken. So, there's three points uh, to um, to uh, throw. Out here, so one is the lowest quotient of few runs allowed divided by the number of defensive outs recorded in games between teams that are tied. Two, lowest quotient of fewest earned runs allowed divided by the number of defensive outs recorded in games between teams that are tied. And three, highest batting average in games that round between teams are tied. So unless we're gonna have some crazy three-way tie in pool C because or D really because D's got the big three. So unless we got a three-way tie, which I'm not, I'm hoping that's not going to happen because I just like to see things moving honestly. But you know, this is going to be fun. This is going to be really fun because we we've got some stacked lineups, and the U.S. might not be at the top of the game like they used to in recent round and in, in recent years, 2017, when they won it all against Puerto Rico. Uh, but no, this is going to be fun, and. There's actually some interesting – I the rosters and eligibility that were past that stage. But there's kind of some fun pitcher's limits. Uh, uh, Chris, I actually want to get into this really quick. So yeah. pitcher limits, There, there's a lot of limits on a sleeve pitcher. So just to yeah. get into it a little bit, maximum 65 pitchers per game during a pull play for a pitcher. Maximum 80 f- during the quarterfinals. And ninety five in the championship, and then this is something to take to note. The you guys got to be on top of this. I'm not. You guys got to stick with me here. Minimum four days of rest after a fifty pitch outing. Minimum one day rest after thirty pitch outing. So relievers, guys, if you're going two three innings, you're you're gonna have to take a break, and you're not gonna be able to be used the next day. So that that's something to note because if if you're not on a day rest and you're going two consecutive games and we need Russell Iglesias in the ninth inning. What are you gonna do? So Chris, other than that, is there anything else we should note for I think
1: limits? Just to kind of like piggyback off that, I think it is a interesting thing to keep in mind and be aware of when you're going in this tournament because it does when you know when you know that information and you look at these countries, their lineups or I should say their rosters, it does make a little bit more sense as why you see some teams go more pitcher-heavy than, like, fielder-slash-hitter-heavy. And it's not to say necessarily because they've got more talent on the pitching side than they do the hitting side, but it's more because you do have these pitcher restrictions. I mean, your classic starter, like a Sandy Alcantara, who could go a complete game. But if he's throwing 50 pitches, he's got to rest four days. Which now that's nothing unusual. That's what he's going to do in the majors when the regular season starts. You know, he's going to make his turn in the rotation. He'll pitch his he'll pitch his game, and then he'll probably then he'll sit for four days and come back on the fifth day and pitch. So that's not anything unusual. It, it is a little bit of a concern this early in in the year because typically, as we're seeing with spring training, guys are just getting worked in and getting their pitch counts worked worked up. So it would be kind of surprising to see any pitcher in the WBC go a complete game, but still throwing 50 pitches in a game, you know, is something that a starter should, who's good and can go deep in the game should easily surpass. But it's really with the bullpens where you're going to get into some more management and got to look at, you know, what's happening in this game. And then also what could be happening in, in the next game for your next opponent, especially in this opening round, when you know, you're going to, f- you know face every where you're going to get four games all right everyone's guaranteed four games after that it's just a matter of which team's the best so like you do have some some got a balancing of what i need right now versus what i need in the future and like you said like having rossiel iglesias close a game you know in the first one and then close the second game and then you you aren't expecting to be in a close game the third game well you are and you need a closer you can't go to him because he's pitched on consecutive days, so you can't go to him as well. Um, so it is it is going to be interesting to watch how managers use their rosters, their entire rosters, a lot with their bullpen. But I think it's also going to be very important for the players themselves to be efficient in their outings. You know, I don't think you're going to want to get too many guys that are going to want to try and get too many batters to chase because if you miss and it's a ball, you're racking up your pitch count. And you don't necessarily want to do that because you want to be available as much as possible. Now, granted, you can only, at most, you can only pitch back-to-back days before you have to take a day off. But still, you you don't want to necessarily hurt your team by exceeding these pitch limits and taking yourself out for, you know, four days or taking yourself out for – um Another day if you're, you know, more of a reliever guy. So it it will be fun to watch that. It will be also interesting to see since there are some clubs that are a lot more uh, relief pitcher heavy than starting pitchers. They're probably going to use a combination of like an opener and then a long reliever, but it will be interesting to see how those openers fare because openers typically go two innings, maybe three if they're being highly efficient or having a really, really good day. So it'll be interesting to see how openers are used for clubs that do use those openers, because, you know, looking at 30 pitches, you're probably done after about two innings, unless you're, you know, a Greg Maddox type efficiency out there, then maybe you can get through three innings, but it will be, it will be a lot of fun to watch how managers use their bullpen, how they use their arms and just kind of keeping that in mind as the tournament progresses. And like you said, that first round, You know, you can't throw more than 65 pitches in the quarterfinals. It can't be more than 80 in the championship. Obviously it can't be more than 95. However, there is this three batter minimum. Every pitcher has to face at least three batters. They can exceed those pitch numbers. If it means they're going to be completing that three batter minimum. So, that's another thing that you have to kind of take into account as well when you're using your relievers. Like, you got to make sure this guy's being efficient and getting through at least three batters before maybe you're even eligible to, like, pull him or anything like that. So a lot to watch on the pitching side. And, again, it kind of makes a little more sense why more teams are going more pitcher heavy than they are, like, batter heavy because you're probably going to need to use more pitchers than you are typically hitters. So uh, those teams like the Dominican Republic who are loaded on offense uh, and the USA as well it's great that they have all those guys and they can have some players that can move around and cover different positions because of, you know, position flexibility, but you're really going to, I think leaning a lot more on your pitchers than you are maybe on, on your hitters, just because your hitters can play every day. And let's be honest, no, a Nolan Arenado type, he's going to play third base every game, you know, um, he might take a day off here in the opening in the pool play, but just to kind of keep him fresh for the quarterfinals and beyond that. But, He's probably playing most of this WBC where, you know, pitchers, they're going to be under a little bit more of a microscope. So it's going to be a lot of fun to watch this tournament. I think there is obviously going to be a lot of pressure on USA. They're the reigning champions, like you mentioned, and they're going to be starting off in Phoenix where they're going to be facing Mexico in there. And for those who maybe aren't as familiar on the world baseball classic, Mexico playing in Phoenix against USA has been problematic for team USA. In fact, I think in those in that specific location and matchups, I think Mexico is winning the head to head. So that's going to be interesting to watch as well for this pool. But um, yeah, we're what, what are your thoughts in terms of, you know, who's coming out of the pools? So, I think another thing to note is
0: Ronna, This year's format is on a very concise schedule, so teams and like like you were just talking about, Chris, teams and pitchers are very limited. Even if they want to take a day off, there isn't much time to be honest. Because for teams that are really in it and are are gonna make a deep run into the, into this year's WBC, a team like the USA who. Or even and like Dominican and Puerto Rico, any of those more potent teams. If if you're relying on a top-heavy bullpen, you're more likely to have other options. And I, I just don't think that th- that for a team like the U.S. or any of those P- Puerto Rico, Venezuela, Dominican for those teams who have a deeper bullpen. I, I just don't think that's really going to suppress. The availability availability of their pitchers, especially since they have such a wide variety of pitchers who can who are good enough, honestly, to pitch in these games and they're all star caliber, really. So I just don't think that the better better quality bullpens they're not gonna have a harder time taking days off because they'll have enough pitchers to cover from the ninth until. The 21st because if you think about it the pools are over a period of four days uh five days and and each team is playing each team at least once so that means every team has at least one day off and the quarterfinals is one day the semifinals is all one game beyond beyond poll a beyond the pool rounds everything beyond that is only one game so uh, unless you're one of the lower ranked teams like the Czech and like you said the first timers the Czech and Great Britain and, and all all those lower level teams i just that might be an issue unless obviously i we're not sure how far they're going to go in this year's this year's WBC but for them let's say Israel or even Great Britain let's say they make a big run and they're limited on their bullpen availability, so that that becomes an issue. But again, like I was saying, for a team that is more potent and more competent, I don't think that'll be an issue. So you know, Chris, let, let's let's pick our winners this year. And I know last episode, uh, I know we got a, we took a crack at it, but I don't think we I don't think we really picked our winners. So I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna say, let's I, I mean, I'm let's let's go with who's coming I'm out of
1: Dominican. I was gonna say let's go with who's coming out of the pools each round, and kind of go break it down for the, for the tournament. No, let's do like that. that. Okay, yeah. so out of out of the pool, out of the pools, obviously
0: there's two pools that there's two two teams come out from each pool. So out of pool A and pool B, I'm gonna give my two, and then you give your two. So pool A and pool B, pool A, I'm gonna take Cuba and Panama, and pool B, I'm gonna take Japan, and Korea.
1: Okay. Yeah, so honestly, we've got three out of the four teams the exact same. Pool B, I've got Japan and Korea as well. Pool A is Cuba. But I'm saying Italy comes out of there. It was honestly a hard time between Italy and the Netherlands, but I think Italy's going to do it. I think under the leadership of the great Mike Piazza, I think Italy's going to come Ooh. out of Pool A.
0: Mike Piazza, Mike
1: Pizza. What if they yeah. got like pizza? Oh, for sure. Think he likes for pizza. Sure. I mean, I feel that's probably one of the questions he gets like, asked every time. Like, hey man, like it doesn't matter if it's for like an interview somewhere on TV or radio, or just somebody, some fan comes up to him. I'm sure he gets that question asked a bunch of times. And I mean, who doesn't like pizza? Really? I mean, if, if that's your name,
0: that that must be that must be on, on, like by your byline. Like, if my name was Mike pizza, I would just do like Mike Pizza Pizza, like. That's, that's,
1: that's all you need, no? Right. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure it probably says, like, on a resume, Mike Piazza, and then says, like, right under there, like, you know, how re- resumes have, like, a little bit of a bio, kind of telling, you know, I'm a hard worker, uh, willing pizza to maker. do all extra <laughs> myself. He's probably listening there, like, yes, I love pizza, and my favorite pizza is, and then, you know, whatever <laughs> that is. I'm w- sure he's w- got that. World-renowned in world pizza maker? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And now, just – well, let's get our pool C and and pool D's, and then we'll work from there. So right now, we agree pool B, Japan, Korea, and pool A. I got Panama, Cuba, and Chris has Panama and Italy. So no, pool Cuba and Italy. Cuba, and Italy. Correct me. Yeah. Myself. My sorry about that. Um, pool C and pool D. I'm gonna have to go with USA and Colombia, and then at a pool D, I'm gonna have to take. Puerto Rico and Dominican Republic. Chris, what oh. you got?
1: Oh, boy, we got some some discrepancies here. I've got, obviously, Team USA in Pool C, and then I've got Mexico in Pool C as well. I mean, for those who listened to the last show, you know, I'm kind of high on Mexico. And it's not just what the John Morosi tweet that I referenced a lot in the last show as well. It's just looking at the roster, they they got a lot of talent on there. Like It's easy to look over the roster and be like, yeah, whatever. But if you kind of look at it, it's like, well, those guys are actually pretty talented. And I, I think they could do some damage in there. Pool D is Dominican Republic for sure. I I wouldn't be surprised if they went undefeated in that, you know, coming out of there. And then I've got Venezuela. I think they've got probably the second best balance in terms of pitching and hitters on there that I think can overcome uh, Puerto Rico and the rest of the group. So, yeah, so I think we've got USA, or I've got in pool C, USA and Mexico, you've got USA and Colombia, and then pool D, we both got the Dominican Republic, and you've got Puerto Rico, and I got Venezuela. So moving on to the quarterfinals, Rafal, who is coming out of the quarterfinals to go into your semifinals? You know, b- before we move on, I- I'm actually
0: going to take my pick back. I'm going to have to convert <laughs> – to Mexico, I'm sorry. I, I know I know. last last time I wasn't so with Mexico, but I'm kind of comparing Mexico and Colombia, and there's kind of a big discrepancy of talent. Uh, I'm not weird. such a huge fan of the Colombia, of Mexico's lineup. I, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Brad Telez, but their roster, their, sorry, their rotation, it, it kind of converts me. So uh, I'm going to have to go with Mexico. And then USA, obviously. And honestly, to the quarterfinals, my four teams, I'm going to see. We're going to see Japan and we're going to see Cuba. I think it's going to be Japan, Cuba. And for pool C and D, it's going to be the USA and the Dominican Republic.
1: Chris, who you got for the semis? All right. So for pool A, I think yeah, I agree with you. I think Cuba's coming out of there for sure and I think Japan is as well. I think those teams are probably the best teams on that side of the bracket and those in their respective pools as well. Pool D, I've already said I think Dominican sweeping through their pool as well and I think there's nothing stopping them from coming out of the quarterfinals also. But but We'll see. I've got Mexico coming out to face, to face, um, to be in there as well, um, and giving the Dominican Republic a lot of fits. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if Mexico made it into the semis. Um, I I think they're really good. This might be their year. I think this year, I'm not so sure if it's going to be. The favorites that win it all, you know, or a Cinderella story or something like that. I just don't think you're going to get anything middle of the road like, oh, yeah, they're a good team. I'm not surprised. I think it's going to be, yeah, it went chalk and not surprised that went that way. Or it's going to be like, wow, are you watching the run that Team Mexico or maybe Team Netherlands is on and making a run all the way? I think that's what we're going to happen with this this year's WBC. So uh, I think we've got the Dominican and... Um, was Dominican and Mexico um, coming out of the quarterfinals to face off, uh, face each other. Who, who you got for the championship? That's the big question. Uh, yeah, sorry. No, championship, uh, Japan and the Dominican. And if Dominican makes it there, I think they're going all the way. I do. They're, they're, they've got arguably the best infield um, especially up the middle at short and second. And then their pitching is not, I don't think their pitching is going to hold them back at all. They're, they're got strong starters. They got a strong bullpen as well. I, they could put it all together and um, they, I doubt they could run the entire table undefeated, but it wouldn't surprise me. They did. This team is loaded probably more so than the 2017 USA team. But um who, Rafal, who do you have winning it all? So, I'm,
0: I'm kind of annoyed here because I know in 2017, the format is different this year because the pools are mixed up. So, the USA and Puerto Rico can't play each other in the championship. So, that's, that's a little annoying, especially since uh, I, I love Japan. And I, I do happen to agree it's going to be Japan. And the Dominican Republic. But I wanted to see a USA Dominican in the championship. That's obviously not going to happen. But mm. I, I was really excited for that. And But, yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you, Chris, here. I think it's going to be Dominican and Japan. Japan does have a very impressive lineup this year. They just, to run through it really quickly, they got Darvish. They got Otani. And their lineup is Yoshida Nootbar then they infield not really familiar with any of these guys but i'm sure they're probably wrecking in the kbo league so go japan they're usually one of the better teams out of pool b and but no i'm i'm just a little annoyed this year especially since what i just said i just i was a little hope i was hoping f- I was hoping for again like I said a USA Dominican face off in a championship but that's not going to happen. So I'm kind of lost out there. But yeah, Japan Dominican Dominican is going to take the chip. And Chris, you got Dominican or Japan?
1: Uh Dominican. I think they're going to win it. I think if they get that far, it is their title to to lose.
0: Uh, also, I just one thing I don't think is fair is the fact that Pool C and Pool D is way more talented than Pool A and Pool B. Like, you got the big four: you got USA, Mexico, Venezuela, and Dominican. And then in Pool A and Pool B, our our biggest talents are Pool B is Japan, and then Pool A is Cuba and Italy. And then Panama Mm. is okay. They're kind of middling. But I just. I don't like how it's set up this year. I don't know about you, Chris, but I'm just not a fan of how they split things up because I'm sure they understood that those would be pull C and pull D, the way that they formatted it. It kind of, it's overpowering. So I just don't see it's really fair, honestly.
1: Yeah, it is definitely an interesting way they've broken it down. I mean, if you look at where... The teams are playing in their in their respective pools. So obviously, Pool C, all the games are going to be played in Phoenix. Pool D, all the games are going to be played in Miami. Pool B, all the games in Tokyo. And then Pool A is all the games in Taichung. Um, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, so my apologies if I butchered that. But if you look at it and kind of look geographically, how they broke down who's playing where – it does make a little more sense. I don't know how Cuba gets all the way over there, but, um, you know, in terms of like Phoenix, uh, you know, being a location for pool C, those teams like Canada, Great Britain, or Canada, USA, Mexico, Colombia. Yeah, that makes sense. They're all fairly close to each other, you know, bordering one another and everything. Great Britain is closer to them than they are probably – I don't know, maybe some of the other places i got, although I guess maybe Miami they're closer to, I don't know. I would have to look at the map and like the distances and stuff like that. But, you know, looking at Miami, it makes sense. Why Puerto Rico, Venezuela, Dominican Republic and Nicaragua are in there. Israel being in there is one that's kind of a head scratcher. Like I would feel like there's gotta be another location that they're probably a little bit closer to in terms of like traveling and everything like that. But um, yeah, I do agree with you. I think it would be kind of cool to have some of these more powerhouse teams split up throughout the brackets. You know, I think it would lead to a little bit more parity, especially in, in this opening round here. But then on the flip side, if you're doing that, you may see a team like the Dominican not make it out or yeah, maybe they don't make it out. Or maybe you have a team that's really good. That kind of has a good year that if they're in a different pool or in this current pool, like a Cuba, they may not they may not make it out you know like if if you put in cuba in pool d like they're probably not making it out they're you know they're definitely not being the dominican in my opinion maybe they beat venezuela and puerto rico i don't know maybe not but you know they got a good team but they may get overshadowed and may not have it happen where now they're in pool a they're probably the favorites and there's a good chance that they're advancing and all it takes is to have players get some confidence and get you know in a little bit of a role and who knows? Maybe you can get a little bit of a Cinderella story coming out of there. And, you know, by spreading out the big powerhouses, you don't get a more chalky kind of a tournament, you know, breakdown this way. It's like, OK, we're going to have some of these big boys knock each other out in order to advance. So it will be a little bit more, you know, of the, the smaller not to go all March Madness here, but, you know, a little more of the Cinderella story, you know, or at least an opportunity for them as well. Like a team like Italy, who's good, but probably not as good as some of the other clubs. Like they, maybe they can get some confidence under them in coming out of pool A. And especially if they, you know, if they're the top team coming out of pool A, maybe that can help them go a little bit deeper than if they're playing in another pool. So I do agree with you. I think it would be a little bit better if some of these teams were spread out but it will make for an interesting tournament for sure because you know you got if you're in pool D or if you're in pool C, you have to bring your A game every every time because if you don't, you could be in a world of hurt. Like it could very easily spiral and get away from you, and you know it could be looked at as a disappointment. Yeah, uh, yeah,
0: that's that's definitely for sure. I, I think just just to I kind of wanted to retrospect for a minute because i wanted to to just go back in time and i wanted to cover 2017 world baseball classic i was talking i was kind of teetering on that a little before but like like i was mentioning how the formatting is different and then the u.s like i said the u.s is able to play puerto rico because it was formatted differently and now you're not gonna have a strong Pull A and pull B. Pull versus C and D is not as strong, but um, 2017, the U.S. defeats Puerto Rico eight nothing in Dodgers Stadium, and the 27. By the way, the 2017 U.S. roster was was completely stacked, and like I, I was looking over today, and all their entire roster was pretty much guys all in their prime. And that's kind of where they all peaked. Like, they had Goldie at first, Hosmer at second, prime Daniel Murphy in 2017 when he won, when he made that all-star game, even got a down-ballot MVP for MVP votes. Prime Ian Kinsler, Nolan Ar- N- N- young, young, I mean, yeah, not Young, but Younger, Nolan Arnado, Carpenter on the cards, Bregman at third, and Brandon Crawford, who obviously has regressed... A ton offensively, and hasn't been hitting whatsoever. But, and then their outfield, Adam Jones, remember that guy? The defensive stud, Kutch, Stanton, Yelly. And their designated hitters were Brett Cecil, that's a flashback. Fulmer, Sonny Gray, Hap, Smiley Wilson, and their pitchers. Archer, Tyler Klippert, Duffy, Sam Dyson, Michael Gibbons, Luke Gregerson, Nate Jones, Jake McGee, Andrew Miller, my Yankee favorite, who sadly departed from the Yankees, but he was one of my favorites. I love Miller painted in corners right there. Pat Neshek, Rourke, David, D-Rob, another Yankee, and Shiro, he with the Blue Jays. Wow, he's been around for a while. 2017. I mean, it's only six years ago, but... Mm-hmm. and. They went up against a Puerto Rican team which consisted of and Kike Hernandez, Micah Vilas, Eddie Rosario, Angel Pahan, Carlos Beltran, TJ Rivera, Kenny Vargas, Lindor, Correa, Baez, the big three shortstops. I mean, you got Giovanni Soto, you got Yachty, Roberto Perez, you got... JC, Romero, and Hector Santiago, and listen, it, it, that was definitely a fun game to watch. If you uh, watched it, it was, I mean, because the U.S. pretty much demolished. They won 8 nothing, But I, I just wonder if it ends up being Dominican and Japan like we predicted, is that really going to It's like it's going to be a blowout. Because it's not close. I just think that these rosters are completely disproportionate. <laughs> Because you've got one team, one U.S. team this year, which is com- loaded, loaded, and they pretty much pick every best player from each position. And Japan, it's like we don't know much about these players. And it's like they got Otani. And I don't know. I just don't see it being fair in the end.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's why you play the game. It's like, you know, if you look at it on paper, you're, you make a very good point. Like the Dominican team looks... Thoroughly dominant but again you got to go out there you got to play and at that point anything can happen so who knows maybe there's some upsets maybe we're too too high in the Dominican maybe they don't even make it out of their pool and you know we're talking about maybe are the greatest like team collapse or the most talented team to not win it all or something like that. I don't know, but it's going to be fun to watch these games for sure. There's definitely a lot of talent out there and yeah, let's just get started. Like March 8th, can you hurry up and get here? I mean, I know we don't want yeah, to come on, day, guys, but I mean, let's go. Like you guys should have enough time to be ready. Let's, let's see some, some competition. Let's see the This is, this is a good point. I'm thinking of now I'm talking the passion, that is one of the best things about the World Baseball Classic is the passion that the players from these teams bring. I mean, when you say passion the World Baseball Classic, I don't know about you, but I go to the image in my head of Yadier Molina throwing out, I think it's Nelson Cruz from the Dominican Republic who's trying to steal second. And Javi Baez is already coming over on the base. The ball's not in, we're close to being in his glove. And he's already pointing back at, Javi, at Yadier celebrating that they've got you know they've got them out on the steel and everything like that I mean that's the fun of it like that is the the fun to see these guys go out there with the passion and everything like that
0: yeah uh, I think that's kind of the best part of it is that these guys are just putting it all out there representing their team and as Julio Arviga said earlier it's always fun to go out and represent your team that you grew up there and that's what brought baseball for you to life so it kind mm-hmm. of encapsulates everything that you play for so i think it's fun especially for these guys who grow up in their respective countries and they're representing in and that's all that's what they play for their country so i guess it's fun to rep their colors and it's i guess it's always just fun and it's honestly just a fun environment um by the way just a quick question are you, are you
1: considering going to any of these games you know, probably not. Uh, you know, Phoenix and Miami are obviously the closest ones, but uh, I probably won't be making it out to any of those games to see them. But uh, I definitely plan on trying to watch as many of them as I can.
0: Yeah, I think I'm with you there. If I was down in my Florida, I would think mm-hmm. about going to Pool D because that's obviously the most exciting one. But other than that, yeah. Nothing much, honestly. Yeah. I think it was going to stick to watching. Yeah. Okay. So, guys, we are pumped. The World Baseball Classic is coming closer. And then, eventually enough, we're forgetting what's right after this ends, March 21st, nine days later, opening day, Chris. That's all I really need to say. Opening day, Mm -hmm. and I'm sure you're kind of preparing for what's to come because opening day, we've got a lot. We've got a a a lot really to just really embrace over the next month or so because it's going to be a packed month. Like I was saying, we got March Madness, we got the World Baseball Classic, and we got the closing of the NBA, the NHL, and then we're transitioning right into the season. So we're going to be busy. We're obviously going to be prepping for the
1: season, getting everything,
0: get everything together. Did you draft fantasy team yet?
1: No, no. I actually have uh, – I'm in two fantasy baseball leagues. There's one of them that is a 16-team one, I think it is, uh, called Brew Sports. It's Ooh. I've only been in it – this will be the second time I've um, – Go my second go round in that league, so still kind of rookie in there. But it is a 16 team league. We have our draft coming up on March 19th. We're still trying to hammer out the exact time of it. And then there is a another baseball league that I'm in that uh, I haven't even heard from the commissioner. And a couple of us have reached out saying, "Hey, are you going to start up the league? Like you're going to open it up again so we can like look at our rosters from last year and maybe get some trades going and stuff like that." uh, we've been all ghosted, so we'll see. I mean, it's kind of standard protocol for that league is to kind of be done last minute. Um, I don't know <laughs> why it kind of frustrates me because, like, I'm like I'm ready to go, uh, but you know, everybody works a little bit differently. So, um, so yeah. But what about you, Rafal? You got are you going into any baseball leagues this year?
0: Yeah. So to be honest, I, I I've never been so into it until this year since I joined Rotaballer. And they're all about fantasy stuff, so I kind of had to nice. get into fantasy baseball. But uh, we do have a roto baller league, which I just drafted. I was very happy with uh, the team that I got. Give me, you know what? Let's give you a little sneak peek of my roster. Is this was a I think a twelve person game? So I got Adley, I got Freddie at first, Polanco at second, Devers at third, Swanson at short. Then I got Drury and Hussey Young in the middle. I got Bryant, Canna, and Hernandez in outfield, and, and Jock Peterson, Renfro, and Yandi as my DH. And okay. pitchers, rotation, giving my rotation. I got Gonsolin, Pablo Lopez, Dustin May, Musgrove, Martin Perez, and Rodon. Verlander, Andres Munoz, Gregory Soto, and on the bench I got Barrios, Kelly, and Nick Pavetta.
1: Hmm. It sounds like a solid roster for sure. So Listen, what, with the guys that I'm
0: competing with, I, I, I've got writers who write for or that are are way more sophisticated of a fantasy drafter than I am. So to say that I got Rafi, De- Rafi in the first two rounds, I'm kind of happy that I got there. And I kind of worked from there, honestly. So that, that was fun. But you know what? I'm getting a little more into it as the years go on and as I kind of expand my baseball knowledge, especially fantasy, because I got adjust to that. But yeah. listen, it's always fun to mix things up because listen, the more, and honestly, you only just more, you get to know more about the game. So it's fun.
1: Yeah. I do have a question though. and trying to remember your roster here. Are you allowed to have, Devers, I mean Yanks, Red Sox, they don't Ooh. like each other. And I you're mean, gonna put that so, on me. I mean, I'm I'm looking out for your, your well-being out here, buddy. And I was like, is, Are you? Are we gonna have a little little hatred coming your way from some of your Yank friends and colleagues because you, you got waffy Devers.
0: If you're gonna put it like that, then I, I may as well not have drafted him, honestly. But you know, <laughs> I did. I drafted him. <laughs> I did the right thing because now I've got a perennial hitter on my on my roster. So what else do I really need? But yep. listen, we we've we covered a lot of ground tonight, and mm-hmm. you know this is we're approaching the World Baseball Classic. It's exciting stuff. We're excited, and you know I think it's time to say goodbye, guys, as we approach. What's to come for baseball? We've got a lot. we got a lot coming for you guys. And stock the season is going to be fun. I think we're going to have a fun time. And I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. As always, check us out on Twitter at Replacement Level Podcast. Give us a follow. Give us a like on Apple and Spotify. And listen, share it out to your friends. We're hoping to have an exciting season come out for you guys. And as always, Chris, it's always been a fun one, and I hope to see you guys sometime next week. Take care.